My name is Nancy Fulton, and we're here today with Marilyn Anderson. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this particular interview is because Marilyn is actually a writer-producer, and uh, um, I currently run events for 25,000 industry pros, and interestingly enough, about half of them are writer-producers or actor-producers. To see somebody who's been successful at doing that and to realize that they've actually been doing something significantly different is important. And the tips that Marilyn covers in uh, How to Live Like a Millionaire When You're a Million Short are really important for writer-producers because they allow them to make the most of the money that they have while making the impression that they need to make in order to be successful. Marilyn has actually created a wide number of projects and has been very successful with them. And she's well-known for her work on Carolyn Company. Uh, she's a uh, producer of How to Beat a Bully and <laughs> the TV series Never Kiss a Frog. And um, she's worked with Walt Disney and <laughs> Murphy Brown, one of my very favorite shows, as well as um, Friday's Curse. So what I'd like to do is, Marilyn, do you want to take a few minutes to talk a little bit about your background and how you worked in the past as an actor-producer and sort of how you ended up developing the skills that you're, you share with people in How to Live Like a Millionaire? Absolutely. Um, hi, everybody. It's nice to meet you all here. I um, came to Los Angeles after actually having another career. I started as a, uh, I had a, a couple degrees in biology and physiology and worked uh, at the National Academy of Sciences as a biomedical information specialist. And then one day I said, I don't want to do this. I want to be a star. So I quit my job, sold my car, sold my furniture, sold my boyfriend, didn't much for him and moved to New York to become a star. And as soon as I got to New York, I got into a Broadway show and I sang and I danced and I acted. And I also, um, uh, the show ended after eight performances, not because I wasn't great, but because the show wasn't good. Anyway, I did some stand up. I used to go on back to back with Jerry Seinfeld. And then um, one day I realized I either had to take a vacation or get a job. Well, let's see, vacation or job, hmm. So I took a vacation and I came out to LA and I thought I'd be acting. But uh, I started writing, and my writing got attention right away. Um, the first script I wrote, I was very lucky. A big agent was interested, and uh, a studio was interested, and uh, it didn't get made then, but I got a lot of attention. And then I started writing for TV shows. Uh, by the way, not about biology. <laughs> I sort of <laughs> left that in the wings. So as uh, as Nancy said, I wrote, um, I was on staff at Carol and Company, which is a show that starred Carol Burnett, Richard Kind, and Jeremy Piven. And I wrote on um, Friday the 13th, the series, I Can Kill Six People an Hour, unfortunately not the people of my choice. But mostly I do a lot of comedies. And um, interestingly enough, one of my screenplays, um, which ended up being How to Beat a Bully, it was optioned by Hollywood eight times and never made. And finally, I said, no more options, not doing it anymore. And as soon as I decided that, everything started to happen. I went out, I raised the money myself, and uh, we ended up uh, in six months, we were cast and in production. And now the movie is out on iTunes and Amazon. And we, the DVD got picked up by Walmart, which is a big coup for a little movie. Of course, when I changed it from being uh, a studio picture into being an indie, I had to take a few zeros off the end. And so I learned how uh, to not only make the script work better at a lower budget, but how to make sure that I was able to do it at a lower budget. But all this time, uh, Nancy and mm -hmm. guests, while I was uh, 
in LA, again, I had come from having a regular job and I moved to LA. And of course, as a writer, sometimes you might make some money, but other times you could go weeks, months, even years without making any money. And it was amazing because I had friends who had regular jobs and they never had any money to do anything. Whereas I didn't have a job yet. I was always traveling and going to theater and going out to restaurants and and buying nice clothes. And people used to say, even my producer and writer friends used to say, how does Marilyn live? <laughs> that was like <laughs> the three questions of the universe. You know, um, what is the meaning of life? Is there a God? And how does Marilyn live? <laughs> so, um, so that's how I finally decided after being asked so many times that I would reveal my secrets and put together this book, which I'd been asked about. In fact, one of my writing partners told me he had, um, he was very close with a, with a TV producer who unfortunately passed away. But he said that on, on his deathbed, he didn't say, oh, say goodbye to my parents or tell my friends so long, or I'm sorry I was such an a-hole. No, on his, on his deathbed, he whispered, how does Marilyn live? <laughs> so I am now revealing my secrets. And as you said, they're really useful and they've been useful to me in my career as a writer producer because uh it's enabled me to um live well and put together you know good material and projects and and not you know seem like i don't have any money because one of the secrets of success is you want to look successful you want you don't want people to think you're desperate or needy, you want them to think, oh, this is a person who can really get things done and make them happen and be successful. And I think that that's one way that this book can really help people because in addition to just enriching their lives as a person, it can help them with their business of writing and producing. I definitely agree. When I, when I read your book, I was shocked at, um, I feel like I'm pretty confident um, financially and I you know, have pretty good look getting things at the right price, but all nothing compares to the kind of things that um, that you talked about in the book. And also the the number of resources that you talked about that I'd never heard about before. And then I, when I visited them, I realized, my God, this is such a well-developed thing. Millions of people must be using this. <laughs> and I never heard of it before. So it's very, I love the resources that you brought together. Can um, one of the things that you talked about, which I think is pertinent to both writers and screenwriters um, as well as producers, is you talk about being able to entertain um, potential business associates or partners or investors, um, and you know whether you're taking them to uh, you want to take them out for a meeting or meet them someplace and buy them dinner, or um, whether you want to arrange larger events. And could you sort of talk a little bit about some of the um, some of the solutions you found for doing that? quickly uh, cost effectively yes absolutely well we'll start with food because we all have to eat you know mm -hmm. and um you know one thing of course it's really important the whole business is built on relationships you know in real estate it's location 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 and in show business it's network 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 and one of the most effective ways of doing this is when you do meet someone reach out to them don't necessarily first reach out to them and say oh i need I need work or I have a project, you know, try to make friends with them and say, hey, would you like to have drinks one night or can I take you out for, you know, a bite some night, you know, or some afternoon? And so uh, some of the uh, things that I use all the time as far as food goes, first of all, a lot of expensive restaurants have happy hours 
And even places like Ruth Chris or Fleming Steakhouse or Lowry's, they all have happy hours. And although a steak there could cost $50, and so if you go for two, you're talking, you know, $150 before you even have drinks, you know, with with appetizers or food or whatever. But with Chris, like they have a happy hour where you can get um, a steak sandwich or or a tuna uh, tartare or a lobster roll for nine dollars. Well, and it's like from from five to seven every night, and you've got the ambience and the nice crowd of an upscale Ruth Chris or Fleming Steakhouse. I'm mentioning these because they're um, they're located everywhere. But you can find a place in your own neighborhood that. Again, go to a nice place. Don't go to a little hole in the wall. Go to some place that will be impressive to whoever you're taking. And happy hours are great times, you know, to do that. The other thing is I, I'm a firm believer in um, group bonds and living social, you know, and they often have um, uh, sales where you get things at Groupon or living social for 20% off or 30% off or, or they'll give 10 to 20 to $30 dollars off at Groupons or Living Social, you know, find places in your area that are nice, buy a Groupon, invite someone out for a meal. They don't have to know that you have a Groupon, you know, give it to the waiter, um, you know, when you go to the men's room or the ladies room, but it's a way to invite someone out, not spend a lot of money and have them really appreciate. Another um, place that does this is Blackboard Eats. Dot com and they'll send you out you don't have to pay in advance for this but they'll give you a 30% discount uh, if you use the code and anytime you go there you don't have to buy those in advance there's also Yelp and Yip it that give uh, discounts and even restaurant.com is great for getting certificates you can get a $25 certificate oh they might say for $15 but they have sales all the time if you get their emails where you can get a $25 certificate to dine out someplace for only $3 or $2, or sometimes they even have them for $1. So when you see those, stock up on them and, you know, invite somebody to dinner or happy hour or lunch and uh, make friends with them. And that's how most deals come about. Whether you have an agent or a manager, I can honestly say when I was doing TV, especially every single television job I got except for one, was because I met somebody and, you know, built a relationship with them. It was not about my agent sending me cold somewhere. So go to those places, make friends, invite them, you know, have something to talk about other than just, oh, can I give you my script? Because you want to build a relationship and that's where it comes from. The other thing that I love to do is I love to take people to live theater. And you can get so much from live theater as a writer-producer not only, you know, by keeping up with what's happening out there, but you can see actors and uh, determine if you want to save them for a future project. You see talent, you see actors. Again, you meet and you network. And the way I do, there are some wonderful ways if you live in L.A. and sometimes they're in other places, too. And I'll tell you, to see um, theater at totally reduced prices. Most people know about goldstar.com, which is good. But my favorite in L.A. is a place called soldoutcrowd.com. They have uh, one thing you can join for a year for 65, but I recommend the gold membership, which is 95. But you join for $95 for the entire year, and then you can go to theater uh, almost any night of the week for a $4 service 
50 and you can always get two tickets. And if you use my name and when you join, actually you'll get your first four tickets without any service fee. So that's soldoutcrowd.com. There's also theaterextras.com, which is not only in LA, but it's in New York. It's in Las Vegas. It may be in some other places. There's philistite.com. But again, the good news is in LA, they get the biggest theaters in town, as well as all the little theaters. And you can find really good actors there. But when you meet somebody, um, you know, invite them to a show, get tickets to a show at the Amundsen or the Geffen and, you know, call them up, say, hey, I have tickets. Would you like to come? You know, people will be very impressed by this. Hey, and oftentimes they'll want to take you to dinner first. But I, I love, I go to theater, you know, two or three times a week. So I see all the talent that's out there. I keep a file of the actors that really impressed me in case I want to use them in the future. You know, and I try to meet as many people. And this is a way because you can get two tickets to every show to really look like you're being, you know, magnanimous and, and, and even, you know, you're going to look like somebody who's got a lot of class. If you say to somebody, would you like to come to a play at the Amundsen with me? Would you like to come to a play at the Geffen or the Wallace Annenberg? And in the meantime, you're having a great time yourself. So then there's also pay what you can. Um, places like uh, Tim Robbins Theater in Culver City, every single Thursday night, whatever the show is, you can do a pay what you can. So you can go there and if tickets are normally 30 or $40, you can get, give $10, you can give $5, you can go in for $1. Again, whether you invite somebody else and or whether you go yourself and just, when I went there, Tim Robbins was in the lobby and I talked to him. So it's a, to get yourself out and know what's happening in the theater, know who the actors are, and and meet people and have a great time without spending a lot of money. Then, of course, there's also lotteries and rush tickets. Um, Some of the people may know that Hamilton does offer $10 um, lottery tickets for the front row if you're lucky. (laughs) Now, it used to be some shows you you could go and just, and this is in New York too, um, stand in line two hours before the theater. Actually, not even stand in line, just go two hours put your uh, name in a bowl and they'll call it out. But after the advent of Hamilton, because there were 400 people standing on the sidewalk, um, they decided to start doing digitally. So the good news is you don't have to go down to the theater every night. The bad news is you're in a pool of much more people, so the odds are harder. But it is possible. And can you imagine how impressed somebody would be if you called them up and say, hey, I have Hamilton tickets in two days. Would you like to go? Wow. <laughs> I don't know anybody who, wouldn't, who, who would turn that one down. That's totally true. I mean, it, so you've been using these. Uh, I hadn't really thought about um, the ways in which you're actually creating relationships with people by taking them to events or taking them to uh, taking them out for food. It's a it's an interesting approach, particularly for writers who are looking for work, or for actors who are looking for work, or for filmmakers who need to be able to find um, investors. Or, you know, need to create a relationship with investors prior to um, pitching them. It's all about relationships. I mean, even one of the jobs I got on a TV show, I was at a party. And I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm, the funny thing is that, you know, when I'm with authority figures, I'm a little bit shy. But, you know, I have a drink and I'm not as shy. But I saw uh, Dom Belisario there. And I, at the time, he had the show Quantum Leap. And I mean, I loved the show Quantum Leap. It was like one of my favorite shows. And I didn't expect to write for it because at the time I was just doing, um, I was just doing comedies, but I loved it. So I went up to him 
And I told him my true feelings, how I thought it worked historically and dramatically and humor. He said, would you like to come and pitch? I mean, I wasn't there because I wanted to do that, but I said, yes. Well, he ended up having me go in and pitch. He wasn't even working on the show anymore, and he never even read anything I wrote. But it's because in that little bit of time, I made a relationship. The same thing happened with me. I went to a Christmas party, and I met Bob Cosberg, who was the pitch king, you know, and he said, do you have an idea for a film? I met him at a Christmas party, and I went to see him the following week, pitched him three sentences, and we went and we sold that movie to Paramount based on a three-sentence pitch. But again, it was somebody that I met and connected with, and relationships are everything. So um, it's much better if you can meet somebody and strike up a relationship in some way than necessarily, you know, going and just say, oh, will you read my script? They'd rather give it to somebody they like or they're friends with or who has, you know, shown an interest in them, you know. (laughs) And if you invite somebody somewhere and you get to know them, uh, that's, that's really the best way to create long-lasting relationships. I mean, I met, I know you've worked with Wendy Cram before, yes. and I met Wendy Cram a long time ago, and uh, after I met her, you know, and we had come to know each other, I pitched something to her and didn't, and she liked it, but nothing ever happened. Well, 10 years later, 10 years later, she called me and she said, do you still have that, that you know, script? Because I, I can't stop thinking about it. I said, yes. Well, we went and we sold it to Lifetime. And it was like 10 years after I had pitched it to her. But we maintained the relationship and she remembered my story and we sold it together. You also make a really good point. The other thing, you also make a really good point about the fact that you're developing a relationship with people. Because when it comes, especially when you're accepting, um, you're finding people that you're going to work with as collaborators or you're talking to people that um, might be investors, you really want to get to know them before you take their money or before you attach them to your project. And one of the best ways to do that is socially before there's money on the table. Because if they're jerks, you know, if they're jerks to the wait staff or they're people that that, um, as you get to know them, you don't like them, you certainly don't want to get married to them by, you know, involving them in a project you care about. Yeah, and a lot of times even when you are friendly with somebody and you have a good relationship, working with them can sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. end up a different way. So you certainly want to start out that way. But even with my movie, um, How to Beat a Bully, that I made, um, yeah, that was uh, – I ran into somebody at a party, and he remembered me from before. We had known each other, and uh, he was looking for the kind of property that I had, and I had raised the money. I had 80% of it, and he – wanted to get involved and he brought in the other 20%. And this was again from running into somebody and from having a long-term, you know, I knew him for years before we actually put this movie together. So, uh, so you just never know. And that's the other thing is you have to remember what you want, keep it in the back of your mind. And then when that moment comes, you've got to carpe diem, seize the moment. And that, that's a part of my book too, is I talk about rules to live by. And one of the, or some people say rules to live by. I say rules to live like a millionaire by. Mm-hmm. And the first thing is ask. You know, I say make an ask of yourself. <laughs> because if you don't ask people about things, then you won't know. And what, even when I go into stores, you know, uh, if you see something that you like and it's too expensive, well, you should ask, is it going to go on sale? And the other, the next rule is to make friends. You want to make friends with people because even the sales clerk, let me know when it goes on sale, you know, and then come in. Can you do any better? And 
also match prices. Even, you know, we're all writers and filmmakers. How many of us use um, office supplies? Do you know that it's Staples and Best Buy, they'll price match? So a lot of times they'll have something on sale there and they'll say it's on sale for this price. And if you look on your phone, you can find it much cheaper than it is, quote unquote, on sale there. But there will always match prices. And the same is true like at Nordstrom's. So I say, you know, always ask if it's if they if it's going to go on sale and also ask if they match prices, because I do that all the time when I buy any kind of office supplies or a printer or uh, a computer or anything. Don't just assume because it's on sale that it's the best price, because oftentimes it's not. Wow. One of the things you touched on, and particularly when you're talking about entertaining, is the fact that people, you know, you talked about talking to store clerks when you're buying clothing and stuff, saying, is this going to be going on sale? Can you talk about the ways in which you can use, um, the ways in which you can dress more attractively and or acquire um costumes or stuff for actors to wear if you're putting on a production because I think um, it's one of the most expensive things people have to face in Los Angeles is finding good clothing that's attractive that makes you look great um, on the kind of budgets that wax and wane based upon whether or not you got work this particular week. Right. Well, one of the things, you know, that I think is phenomenal and that is happening now uh, there are a lot of places that have started like renting out clothes, like rentthe is a great place where you can literally get a $2,000 dress, wear it for $50 and send it back and no, no shipping fees and no um, cleaning fees or anything. And rent the is one, latote.com is one and uh com, And there's more of those coming up. And, I particularly like it if you do, you know, work at a production company or something, you're lucky enough to have a development job or something, and you want to look great every day. They even have an unlimited uh, option where you pay $139 a month, and you can just get get a dress, send it back, get another dress. I call it the Netflix of fashion. Wow. And I think, wow, it's just, you know, you could write also going to parties. You know, if you're in Hollywood and you want to go to parties and network, but you don't want to spend the money. Oh, in the past, well, people would say, well, I'd buy a dress and take it back. But this is something I think is even better because literally it's like Netflix. You get a dress, you wear it, you send it back, and you always look great. Then, of course, uh, there's also shopping, and this is good for if you need um, props or furniture, like for, for sets and stuff, is find places in your neighborhood, thrift shops, where rich people donate. I mean, my favorite place in Los Angeles is the Jewish Women's Council thrift shop. I mean, I found the couch there for like, it, it cost $10,000 new. I got it for $200. It's amazing looking. But the thing is, if you need sets or something, you can get something. And if it's used like that, then you can sell it afterwards. Um, going back to clothes, there's also um, uh, places you can get uh, jewelry or even sell your jewelry. How much of us, how many of us have, have, this is a way to finance your movie, in fact. Mm -hmm. You know, I had like jewelry that my grandmother gave me like when I was 12 years old and I had it, but I hadn't worn it like for years and years. So I, I called up this place, therealreal.com. And again, you can use my name as a referral. And I took them some of my old jewelry that I never wore. And I got a $5,000 check from them. 
you know. Um, so you can buy stuff there, but you can also sell stuff that you have. And they'll come to your house and, and pick it up. And they take designer clothes and they also take, you know, good jewelry. Or um, they have an office in Century City that you can go to. Then there's other places online like um, ThreadUp.com, Poshmark.com, and Tradesy.com, where again, you don't have to just go to your local place, but you can you can buy and sell clothes online like that, make some money for your old stuff, or if you've used stuff in a show, uh, sell it that way if you can't sell it um, uh, yourself. But here's another thing that actually everybody should do as soon as they get off this call. Because you might have money that you don't know about. And people laugh. I told a, a friend of mine who was a writer from, from he had lived in Texas a long time ago, and now he lives in Philadelphia. And I told him about this, and he didn't believe me. And he kept saying, it's a scam, it's a scam. And I said, no, it's not. And he filled out the papers that I made him fill out. He didn't want to do it. And he got a check saying, he got a letter saying, you're getting a check from Texas. He did not believe me. And then like about three weeks later, he got a check for $12,000. Wow. And all he had to do was fill out forms. And what it is, is a lot of us have money that we don't even know we have, and it's called unclaimed property. So everybody should go to missingmoney.com or another um, site is naupa.org, N-A-U-P-A.org. And see if you or your parents or your grandparents, a lot of us have, you know, they might have money or or your grandparents might have money. And even if they are no longer with us, if you can prove that you're related to them, that you're descended from them, the, people have actually millions of dollars that's just sitting there doing nothing, waiting for the right person to claim it. Well, if you can claim some money, you can actually use it towards your next production. You know, instead of having that old piece of jewelry in, in your closet or instead of, um, you know, not knowing that, that you or your grandparents or great-grandparents had money. It's something that everybody should go do because there's a lot of money out there that could, part of which could be yours. Well, I also especially think that's true for people that have, have run businesses before or people who come from um people who come from entrepreneurial families because what happens is you set up a business and how many of us have set up a business and you know you have to put money into like some stupid escrow account or whatever, you know, or you put, you you know, there's just a million reasons that the government wants money, you know, for some stupid thing or another. And then when you, when that, when that business goes away or you don't, you know, the money, they still have the money and they don't, they have no reason, unless you ask them for it, they're not going to give it, give it back. And it's really true. If anybody that's ever owned a business or anybody who comes from a family that's owned a business, it's well, incredible it's how much money just gets sucked into that, that system and never comes back out again. Well, it's also, I have a friend who was a writer and um, he, he'd lived in different places, but also he'd written for a lot of different companies here. I went online and he has 20 different claims that he can file for money. And it comes from old residuals or old royalties that, you know, he's moved around. A lot of people in our business, they do move, whether it's from a different city to come to L.A. or whether it's from a different apartment to a new apartment. And somehow things get lost along the way, whether it's old bank accounts or, as I said, a lot of residuals. I bet tons of actors have have um, money uh, or even writers from old royalties and stuff that they just don't know exists, and it's just sitting there. So mm -hmm. I definitely recommend um, that to people too. 
I think another thing you just touched on is very interesting. Um, almost everybody that that um, works in the entertainment industry, I mean, it's a mecca for people to come to the Los to Los Angeles and or, and or to move to New York or to float back and forth between them. So people are traveling all of the time. Also, people that are putting together productions often have to arrange for the people that are going to be appearing in the um, production to go to places like Georgia or to go to you know to go to some location and. Um, if you're paying list price for for travel for yourself and for other people, then you're eating into your production budget. Or you're, if you're if you're traveling to get to gigs that you want to do, you're eating into the budget you need to eat on. Um, can you sort of talk about how people can travel more quick, more cost effectively than they might know? Well, well, the first thing you know, I always think to do is when you open up a credit card, find the credit card that gives you like sixty-five thousand dollars when you open up a credit card, and they'll give you money, you know, if you spend a certain amount in your first three months. Mm-hmm. And I think American Airlines now has a card where, like I said, if you spend you know two thousand or three thousand dollars in your first three months, you get an immediate sixty-five thousand miles into your account. And then keep using that card when you spend on things so you get a lot of miles. Then, of course, um, every time you go to a new place, I want you to use this book, How to Live Like a Millionaire When You're a Million Short, so that in that city you can take advantage of all the things that there are to do because there are things to do in every city that you can get at less than regular cost. Um, Another thing, and I, I will come back to travel in a minute, is you know, as as a woman, I have like really long hair and uh, it grows really fast and getting your hair done can cost literally a, a small fortune mm-hmm. or a big fortune. And also if you have actors uh, who need their hair done. Well, I always go to be, I can get my hair done free 90% of the time. And that's because I go as a hair model. And people say to me, wait a minute, I'm not thin, I'm not gorgeous, I'm not young. Well, the only thing you have to have to be a hair model, you only need one thing, hair. (laughs) And that's for both women and men, too. So if you go to salonapprentice.com, it's in a lot of different cities. It'll tell you places that they're looking for hair models, and it could be for haircuts, for blow dries, for color. It could be for anything. The other thing is go to Craigslist and look under beauty and put model in the uh, search bar and tons of things will pop up where they need hair models. And you can do that um, both for yourself or if you need to get, you know, somebody for your shoot styled mm-hmm. and you have no money to, in the budget to do it. So take advantage of that. The other thing is to um, cos- cosmetics, you know, well, we know there's department stores that all have wonderful makeup counters and they they love to do makeup for people. So go get your makeup done there before you're doing a shoot. The other thing is call a cosmetology school in the area. Oftentimes they have makeup artists who just want the experience of working on a film and they'll come. I had one do my whole web series. She didn't charge a nickel. She just wanted to be part of that um, experience. And mm-hmm. and I got her through calling a, a cosmetology school, and sometimes a a new um, uh, hairstylist will do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, more about the travel, um, you know, when you're going to other places, you know, there are, you know, just by by virtue of going to new uh, places, be they in the U.S. or abroad, 
you're learning about new cultures and stuff, but there are a lot of places where if you don't have money to travel, you can actually get free vacation stays by volunteering. And you can do you can do this. Um, uh, there's places, there's all kinds of places in, in the U.S., um, either farms or there's a Habitat for Humanity where you go there and you learn so much for the people, you get a free vacation, you're helping the people there in one way or another. Um, I talk about there's a place in Spain that you can literally get a six-night stay at a four-star resort in Spain for free. And um, people said, oh, that sounds crazy. Well, it does, but uh, it, it's true. And my girlfriend went and she said it was the best vacation she'd ever had. And she met people who've been there 15 times. And the thing is, you're getting all kinds of experience. You're meeting new people. And you can put this into your next screenplay or, in, or into your next you know, web series or whatever. Um, and that's one of the things about writing is what I've learned is never take the easy way out. Always try to find the most interesting characters and interesting characteristics. That, I think, is what's really missing so much in a lot of the screenplays that I read. And I read a ton of screenplays because I'm a judge for a really big contest as well. And um, so try to make your characters really special in unique ways. You know, everybody you meet out there is unique and different, and they're not just flat cardboard characters. And by getting out there in the world and going different places and meeting different people, um, write down some of their quirky characteristics so that you can use them the next time you create a character. Um, Because that, I think, is what is... It makes a screenplay great is memorable characters and memorable scenes, and um, then how much it costs to do it isn't as important as as what shows up in the story and the characters and the scenes. I think that is that's really good advice and it's really smart. Actually, I was interested um, to learn when I first met you. I think um, Wendy had mentioned that um, you'd written the book, but she'd also mentioned that you were a producer. So it wasn't until I met you that I realized that you were a prolific writer. And um, and also that you did you, you were a judge for big contests. And did, do you think when you're helping um, writers actually fix up their work or, or prep their work so that it's actually ready to be seen by agents and managers and producers, do you think that you know your background as a producer and your understanding of how to produce more? cost-effectively and thus more quickly, do you think that really weighs into the kind of advice that you can offer writers that makes their screenplay somewhat more attractive to the market? Well, I think the first thing is that that screenwriters should write something they're passionate about. I mean, I don't think you should write to the market just because, oh, I'm going to write this because this is what's happening now. Because if this is what's happening now, then when when yours gets made a year or two years from now, it might not be what's happening now. So I truly believe you have to write what you're passionate about. And if it's not, you know, quote unquote autobiographical, then it's obviously something that you've done research on, which is which is fine too. But um you know, right now I think you want to make things as special and unique as you can. And you want it to stand out. And of course the first few pages, I think everybody knows, are so important. You want to start it off with a bang. You want to start it off with something that really grabs somebody's attention. Uh, and and like I said, part of 
part of the process. I, I mean, I love telling stories. I I love, you know, making twists and turns and surprises. And I think one of the things that really makes scripts great is, is like I say, unique characters and memorable scenes. You know, people remember from The Godfather, oh my God, the horse that was in the, the horse's head in the bed. I mean, that's a memorable scene. Uh, scenes from A Clockwork Orange, you know, whether it's a horror movie or whether it's a romantic comedy, it's the scenes and the characters that really stand out. And that, I think, is one of the most important things. You know, obviously, you want the execution to be great. But uh, in doing that, I mean, I'm really somebody who deals with a lot of craft and making things work and making them, you know, follow uh, and make sense. And when I go to a movie and, and there's big holes in the plot, it drives me crazy mm -hmm. because I take a lot of care in, in, in putting it all together and knowing that it all flows and makes sense. But I love, you know, surprises. And I just saw Coco and I, it's a wonderful, wonderfully written script. In addition, it's an animated and the animation is wonderful. But what else is wonderful about that script is they've created a world that we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. And they put these characters into this world and then there's surprises along the way. You know, it's not just, oh, it's going to be this and I get it's going to be that. They really tell a lot of great, um, they, they introduce us to a new world and then they make twists and turns and uh, I do recommend it. I mean, it's not just a kid's movie. It's really fun, the animated movie. So I, I do recommend that. Yeah, well, it's like I've, I've been looking forward to seeing that for a long time, actually. So what we should do is, because um, I want to make sure people have an, a chance to ask questions. If you have any questions that um, uh, that you'd like uh, Marilyn to answer, I hope you'll send me an email at nancy.fulton at yahoo.com. That's nancy.fulton at as, um, I think one more thing I wanted to address just briefly because it's something I'd never heard. Um, you mentioned in the book that that um, it's possible to travel on cruises, and um, I think for a lot of writers who really enjoy being able to take sort of a leisurely vacation and still have a place to plug in their computer that they feel safe, um, cruises represent a real opportunity. Can you talk for just a few minutes about um, the solutions that you found for um, traveling on the ocean a little bit more cost effectively than say, you know, the $10,000 they often want to charge you for getting on the boat. <laughs> right. Right. Well, there's a few different ways to do it. Um, number uh, one of the ways of course, is if you're a good speaker, um, uh, they have uh, a couple of different kinds of speakers on cruises that you can sign up to be um either an enrichment speech speaker or a destination speaker. Uh, for instance, if you know a lot about a certain place, uh, you can sign up, you know, if you know the ins and outs of particular things in Spain and or in France or in Panama, you find cruises that are going there and uh, look on where they're looking. And in my book, I have different uh, websites that I don't have them off the top of my head, but where they do book either enrichment speakers or destination speakers. And um, so you can sign up to be a speaker. Then again, if you're an actor or a singer and you want to work for a while, of course, they do hire um, people at six month or yearly contracts to perform on a cruise. And certainly you'll get tons of uh, stories and uh, and experience if, if you do that. But if you just want to do it 
you know, a few times here and there. I know I have a comedian friend. He couldn't get arrested in L.A. He was trying to do all the shows. He couldn't. Well, he moved to Florida and he he started booking himself as a comedian on cruises. And he has literally been all over the world now and being paid really great money. And they'll fly him out. Um, he won't necessarily have to take the whole cruise, but they'll fly him out to a destination and he'll perform on the cruise. And then he can either cruise back or fly back. And usually you can take a friend as well. Then also um, uh, cruises are usually, uh, they usually charge like the expensive uh, prices if they're going one way, but a lot of times going the opposite way, uh, it's not as expensive and they're called repo cruises or repositioning cruises. So you can often get a better deal if you go um, on the return trip rather than on the first trip. Uh, And the same thing is they're now having a lot of um, last minute uh, bookings on cruises, you know, because they don't make anything if a cruise goes out and a bunch of cabins are empty. So if a cruise is leaving, you know, in a couple of days and they haven't filled it up, there are ways then to find out uh, and to bargain with them in terms of getting on at the last minute because they do want to fill those cabins. So um, those are ways to do it, too. Those are sound perfect. So we actually got a question come in. Somebody um, wanted, hold on one second. Let me oh, actually open the email. Cool. So the first question we had is um, that can you repeat the um, the website for unclaimed money? Oh, because there's, it, there's two I, websites. Yeah, the first one is missingmoney.com, and most a lot of states are on there. So if you just put in your name and the state in which you live, or if you've lived in other states, don't forget to include all the places that you used to live as well as where you live now because it's done per, by state. And some of the states that are not on there, like California isn't on there, but it, the other place to go is NAUPA.org, which is N-A-U-P-A.org. And uh, you can look up where your state's unclaimed property is uh, and then go to your to the states where you've lived. And like I said, don't just check for yourself. Check for your parents. Check for your grandparents. Check for your great-grandparents and the state where they may have lived because there there could be a bunch of money just sitting there waiting for, for you. That is really cool. So another question we have, which I think is really interesting um, because it relates to the fact that everybody on the call is actually working in the entertainment industry. Are there any particular happy hours or any particular um, uh, events for where you think it's particularly good um, places to invite people uh, for happy hour here in Los Angeles, if you want to, if you sort of want to impress them. Well, there's there's so many places in Los Angeles. I mean, I don't I don't know them all, but um, you know, I know that Ruth Chris has a happy hour. Uh, if you want a more small, intimate place, I live near Beverly Hills, and my favorite place to go is Il Fica Pizzeria. It's a small Italian restaurant between four and six every night or after nine o'clock every night, they have 10 different um, uh, wonderful food items for $7. And it's it's a little quieter place. Um, the, the best thing to do is really, 
call up a place and ask if they have a happy hour or if you're going by there, go in and ask, ask to see the menu, look at the room, see if it's a place that you'd feel comfortable, you know, inviting somebody um, because we have so many great restaurants here. I live near third. I just moved actually recently and I live near, um, uh, near third street near Beverly Hills. And there's so many restaurants up and down third street. And a lot of them do have happy hours. So um, I used to live in the marina, and uh, as I said, there was Ruth Chris there. There was, uh, uh, it depends if you want a quiet place, if you want a bustling place. I think you're looking um, for some place that, like, the in- like the industry crowd would hang out at and think, wow, you know, this is sort of she-she, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, it just depends. The other thing I would say and mm-hmm. is, for, is for everyone to look at some of the networking groups that are out there and that are mm-hmm. having things. The Blacklist, of course, is is a big uh, organization that has a lot of power. If you get a mm-hmm. script that's on the Blacklist, you become really important. Well, they, I think, have uh, happy hours. I think there's one coming up December 6th mm-hmm. every month. I think this one is at the Umbrella Factory on Melrose. Mm-hmm. And I think once a month they have um, happy hours that you can go to. And there's a lot of other uh, groups that, that sponsor things. And, you know, get out there and meet people at, at all these things. You can go to um, eventbrite.com mm-hmm. and look at the events that are coming up. I'll go to Facebook groups and ask about uh, where there might be, you know, people going. The other thing is sometimes I think, you know, if you're looking for investors, I would say get out of Hollywood, <laughs> get out of the Hollywood crowd, because a lot of times the people who want to invest are, you know, if you're at a Hollywood function, you know, everybody there is looking for money. Whereas if you find dentists in Florida, <laughs> a lot of people raise money from dentists, I've understood. So you may want to go back to your hometown to do some fundraising, or of course, there's there's Kickstarter and there's Indiegogo mm-hmm. and there's GoFundMe. There's all those crowdsourcing things as well. That's true. But yeah, so the idea is to to spend less and have more fun and make more contacts and friends. <laughs> that's that's really smart, actually. It's really, you, I can't believe the um, the depth and breadth of the advice that you provided. And I can, is there a way that people can reach out to you? First of all, people should go onto Amazon and uh, um, Google your book, because I think it's a resource everybody needs. And it's, um, you've, you've mentioned probably 30 or 40 um, different resources when in your talk and your book is filled with literally, it has to be thousands. So I think that um, people should uh, Google the book, how to live like a millionaire when you're a million short. Um, but if people want to um, reach out to you um, for your advice on um, producing or for help with a screenplay, um, is there a way that they can reach you? Um, is there a way sure, that people can... can reach you going forward? Absolutely. You can um, reach me at how to live like a millionaire at gmail.com. Or you can also go to my website, which will also give you links to the book on Amazon, which is just how to live like a millionaire dot com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also have uh, there's also a Facebook page for how to live like a millionaire, so you can reach me through that. Very cool. And is there a way for people to are you gonna, are you going to be running an event or anything, or you, do you have something coming up um, that you want to invite people to? 
Uh, well, actually, on the 10th, I'm going to be doing, uh, with some other people, uh, an in-person signing and sale. I, I call my book, actually, it's the gift that keeps on giving, because if you give it to somebody, they'll, like, be able to use it all year long, whether they're a filmmaker or or a regular person. It's got so much information. So I will be doing an event in Marina Del Rey. I don't have the, uh, on the 10th from, like, 1 to 5, and, uh, you know, I'll, if I, I'm going to have other events coming up, but I don't have the exact dates. But if you email me or get on my email list and you want to know, I'd be happy to um, give you information when when I'm going to be doing in-person events or signings. Um, yeah, because this is it's it's. I mean, I've used it in my life as a producer and writer, mm-hmm. but but I also I just gave a talk last week at a financial planner's office, and we had like. 40 people in the audience and it was very gratifying because I gave them all this information that they were able to use as well. And then um, the other thing, I I just want to let everybody know to use your resources. When we were shooting um, how to beat a bully, we lost three of our locations, you know, and we had a really short shoot and I went out the next day and, you know, they were saying, Oh, we got to shut down. We lost three locations. You know, Craigslist is such a great resource. Mm -hmm. I went on Craigslist and I got us three days at a studio downtown. They didn't charge us anything. We had it for free. Mm-hmm. I got a stable with horses. We ended up putting horses in the movie because I got us a stable, you know, with horses included. <laughs> and then the other thing is don't always go to, you know, places that are on studio lists and stuff for locations because they're going to charge you the most because they know, oh, it's the production. But go to your friends, go to your family, go to Craigslist, see if you can find resources um, without, you know, going to places that are going to charge you top dollar. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's that's, a, that's really good advice. It's one of the reasons I tell people they should, you know, you're, people say, I'm going to come to L.A. to make a movie. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe you should stay where you are and make a movie because I bet it's cheaper. Um, the other thing well, is not that, only that, but local businesses, if you're in a small town, you know, local businesses love the idea of helping you make a movie. And, right. you know, it's and, and again, if you go to where you're from, you're a big deal. You're a Hollywood writer going to a new town. I mean, when, when I wrote my first book, um, I went to um, Austin and I called, um, I called their news station. Now, if I called the news station here, you know, they would say, what do you mean? We've got Tom Cruise. We've got, you know, all these people, Meryl Streep. We've got all these people. But if I go to a small town and I tell them I'm a Hollywood writer, they put me on the news station there and they ran my interview eight times during during I believe that. The day. Because I absolutely believe when you that. go when you go out of town, you're suddenly the big Hollywood writer or producer. When you're in Hollywood, you're not. And the same is true with investors. If you go to a smaller town and reach out to people there, you're a big deal. I think that that's that's really brilliant advice. Um and so we've had a couple more questions uh, come in. One, and I, I want to let you. I feel I should let you go, but I also feel like these people want to a- ask you questions, and you're the perfect person to, to ask, actually. So, um, do you have any advice on where to rent cars and how to rent vehicles more cost-effectively? Well, these days, I think it's particularly um, easier. I I actually mention a lot of that in in the book, and I don't have it, you know, off the top of my head now. But of yes, course, you- with 
with with Uber and everything. But I mean, one thing is is, is if you want to get a sports card, there are some sports card uh, driving clubs, and mm-hmm. instead of buying one for the whole year to look impressive, just rent one for a weekend or rent one from your show. And um, uh, there's there's car sharing places too, where people will share their cars, just like there's um, uh, Airbnbs. There's now places where where individual owners will will rent their cars and put them up. So there's a lot of um, possibilities for for getting cars too, depending if you want it just for a shoot or if you want it to use you know yourself for a year or a month or whatever. That's that's perfect. Thank you so much. So what actually uh, one more thing um as uh before we wind up, people should definitely go check out your film. Um I, the the one that you've produced you've produced you've mentioned a couple, a couple of times called How to Beat a Bully because I think um as you mentioned they will be surprised. It's a it, because you have a back it's clear that you have a background in comedy. Because it's really not about beating a beating a beating a bully yeah, well, to death. That's, that's, a, that's a home alone kind of comedy with an anti-bullying theme. Yes, you know because so many people, so many stories of bullying are sad or depressing or unhappy. We wanted to put something together that that could give kids and parents uh, smiles and laughs, yet still mm-hmm. promote the idea it's better to be friends than bullies. That is, I, I, people should definitely go watch that. And it's on iTunes, and it's on, is it on Amazon as well? It's on Amazon, and it's actually, if you have Amazon Prime, it's free to watch, too. Ooh, excellent. I shall definitely go, um, <laughs> I shall definitely uh, uh, take a look at it and make my kids watch it. But I've, I can't tell you how much um, I've enjoyed interviewing you, and you have you really have provided a wealth of information to uh, the people listening today, and more importantly, um, I really think they should go get the book. I think it is an invaluable resource for writers and producers who are working um, in the entertainment industry. It, it really can eat you alive with costs, particularly in Los Angeles. And you've really provided an incredible number of very practical solutions that that um, I think people will end up using every day. Several of the things that you mentioned, I've, like I like the restaurants.com. I literally, uh, you're right. You become an addict. You go, I can go there. I didn't even know this place existed, and now I have to go. Now I really want to go see it, and I, it's very cost effective. And it is possible to actually take people uh, take people out cost effectively. And I think it's how this business runs. So right. So I so I expect all your callers to now to now write me and say they want to take me to dinner. Right. Well, it's definitely <laughs> true. So and so tell your say your email address one more time. <laughs> Well, you can reach me at how to live like a millionaire at gmail dot com, mm-hmm. and the website with other links is at um, how to live like a millionaire dot com. I think what you're more likely to have happen is they're going to call up and invite you to go out. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but thank we you very all, much. We, we can all meet for happy hour. <laughs> Actually, that sounds. Like, <laughs> let me know if you ever want to have a happy hour, then I will take. I will. I will take you out. But anyway, thank you very much for ta- for taking the time to speak with us. You, you are truly amazing. Thank you so much, Nancy. It was great fun. I really appreciate it. Take care. All right. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> I hope you have an excellent day. You've just heard Nancy Fulton's interview with Marilyn Anderson on how to live like a millionaire when you're a million short for writers and producers. Copyright 2017 by Nancy Fulton. All rights reserved.